1: Are about to listen to the Dr. Dahlia Show. Sassy, stimulating medical talk radio. Any medical advice Dr. Dahlia Wax gives on her show should not be substituted for an actual visit to your medical provider. And now, here's Dr. Dahlia. Dr.
2: Doctor, doctor, give me the news I got a bad case of love in
3: you. All right, we are back on the Dr. Dahlia show. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> One eight seven seven one One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So poverty is obviously a huge public health crisis. People stealing, uh, companies and buildings going uh, going under, such as our pharmacies, because of crime. And so, we obviously need to control our crime. We need to control the amount of people that are stealing to live or stealing just as a job for them or as part of a gang requirement but we're not really seeming to concentrate on what we need to do to slow this down and so one i guess suggestion that some people have is well if people are stealing they're doing it because they need to feed their families i don't understand though why they're stealing lamps and you know, just grabbing clothes and purses off the shelves, like I can understand stealing a loaf of bread. Uh, you know, if I, if, you know, if if you were ever in that position where you had to steal. Now, I remember when we were younger, my mom and dad were were dead broke, and so they bought a loaf of bread that we would use as our breakfast meal. Hopefully, would eat at school and then we'd just figure out dinner whatever we could do and i remember my mom having us run into a mcdonald's to steal the jams so that we could have jam on our bread you know and i didn't think that was you know this. i didn't think it was right to do but we did it because they couldn't afford jelly and so we gra- ran into a mcdonald's grabbed it and left and i'm very very grateful and trust me i have repaid mcdonald's back Um, um, you know, for what happened when I was a kid, we only did it once or twice, but still, I've repaid them multiple times for, for them being there for us when we were poor. But, um, you know, if I were to steal, you know, and and to feed the family, then I wouldn't be, you know, grabbing makeup and grabbing like, like what you see in the videos, you know, grabbing clothes, grabbing purses, Chanel perfume. I would be going, I need this bread for my family. Or what I would do is I would go to the grocery store. I don't even think I would steal it. I'd go to the grocery store saying, please, I need this bread. Can I sweep or do something? I need this bread. Let me do something to pay for it. And I understand nowadays you have to go and get hired, I and mean, then you have to go through all that process. They couldn't just do that, you know. But but um, you know, there's uh, we need a better system. Well, New York City, and this has drawn a lot of concern, is offering migrants now. This it doesn't sound like it's going to regular Americans or our homeless veterans. This would go to migrants. They would give them prepaid credit cards. $1,000 a month, a family of four, would receive $1,000 a month of $35 a day. And the cards would be refilled every 28 days. But they would only go to migrants. This has been reported by the New York Post. It's an initiative from Mayor Eric Adams excuse me, and Mobility Capital Finance to assist migrants with food expenses as they await authorization to work from the federal government. Cards will only work at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, and convenience stores. Recipients have to sign an affidavit swearing that they're not going to use it on cigarettes or alcohol, that they will use it for baby supplies and for food. Now, I told you how things used to be. I remember with Wick back in the 90s, is they would give you the eggs. They would give you the milk. They would give you the chicken. So you would get the actual food. Now, to simplify things, they say, okay, well, there's money on the card. Just promise us you're going to buy food. And we're noticing that a lot of the money is going to, like, what a lot of people spend. Junk food, soda pop. So if they really want to help the migrants out, why don't you pass out the milk? Pass out the eggs. But instead, they're giving them $1,000 a month that they could use you know, uh, for you know, what they choose. Now, it's a nice thing to do. I don't want to see migrants starve. But why doesn't that program exist for our homeless veterans? Why does that exist for our Americans that are struggling? Now, they're going to start with 500 people. Then they may expand it to the total population of 15,000. Now, mind you, I would love them to increase their diet, We know, their diet baby supplies. I don't know if the average bodega, you know, is all about baby supplies and that. I think there are other, you know, treats and junk food and cigarettes and tobacco and vapes and other things there. So, it would be very interesting to see what they're spending it on, and that would be a nice study. To see, look, you know, we gave them the cards. What exactly are they buying? Migrants might put their families first and put health first and say, look, I want to buy ingredients that I can use to feed my family. But unfortunately, you know, there's only X amount of money. And if we have Americans who are starving and we have poverty and, and poor nutrition in American kids, we need to get that fixed as well. And we need to maybe slow down on a, have the migrants that we're taking in, if we're still having our regular, our other population not taken care of. So it's a lot of money—fifty-three million dollars of prepaid credit cards. And if New York City has, that, I, I understand, you know, they get they take a lot in taxes, and so they might have the extra money to do this. And mind you, I don't want people starving, just because Biden is completely allowing the border to be a poop show doesn't mean people should be starving. But on the flip side, you didn't immigrate or immigrate to and emigrate from where you were if you didn't you know, think you could eat or support yourself. Now we have to send a message saying, look, you might be able to sneak in or get in, but if you don't have a home, if you don't have a job, if you don't have money... You're not going to just. We're not going to just hand you a thousand a month. Well, apparently in New York they are. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. Doctor Dalia here. The Dr. Dahlia Show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1877 Dr. 1877 D O C D A L I. Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer, and big thanks to y'all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So you've heard this time and time again, but Silicon Valley has declared a public health emergency over what? Is it hepatitis? Nope. Cholera, nope. COVID, nope. Ebola, nope, nope. Thank God, no. Loneliness. Silicon Valley is pledging to promote social interaction, but they want to fight the loneliness crisis. Health experts at Aging in Place analyzed factors in all 50 states in the District of Columbia, looking at single person households and the number of divorces, both which raise the risk of loneliness. To look at where people in the country are lacking the most social isolation. Guess who hit number one? Maine. The Pine Tree State has one of the highest divorce rates in the country and was found to be the loneliest with a score of 7.6 out of 10. I think Utah had one of the least loneliest states. Utah has a large LDS population. Fewer divorces, much more church-related activities, so that might help. Florida and Ohio came in second and third in terms of being lonely. Experts think it could be because of the retired populations. High searches for friendship apps like Bumble, BFF. But California... Silicon Valley became the first in the U.S. to declare that loneliness is a public health emergency. Now, California isn't doing as bad, but they still have issues. The U.S. Surgeon General has warned that America is facing a loneliness epidemic. They believe that loneliness is as deadly as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. The Aging and Place Researchers, as reported by Daily Mail, says we are particularly concerned with the physical and mental well-being of those who are vulnerable, so we wanted to find out where in the U.S. struggles the most with loneliness and where people are maintaining social connections the best. So what they did is they looked at the population, percentage of single people households, number of people widowed, number of people divorced, searches for dating and friendship apps. Each state was given a score on how they ranked. Maine came the low was uh, lonely, uh, the loneliest, And it was tied with Nevada for the highest divorce rate, 14%. Wow. Nevada. So, you know, they say if you lack a social connection, it's even deadlier than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, drinking six alcoholic drinks a day, physical activity, obesity, and air pollution, being lonely. Well, why is that? Well, some people who commit suicide are lonely. And so the death rate could be by suicide or overdose. Uh, we have seen studies where married men are healthier than single men because they have and they live longer because they have somebody who will take them to the hospital, they have somebody on their butts to get themselves healthy. But just because somebody lives single doesn't mean they're lonely. Now, I, 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 we got to be very careful with some of the data. I agree with the data where we're looking at the apps, where people are looking to meet people on apps. But, you know, I've had some people where they're like, look, I am working among people all day. I just want to have some alone time. I sometimes feel that way. Where if I have been seeing patients all day, I've been talking to people all day, I sometimes just want to veg for an hour or two. Now, and I'm I'm a big extrovert. But even as an extrovert, I understand how sometimes you just want some alone time. But how much alone time is healthy and how much alone time could be dangerous? I would be very nervous living alone, because what if I fell? What if I couldn't get up? What if I hit my head? What if I was having a seizure? I want there to be other people around. But if you really look at the average household, people kind of do their own things. Not everybody always sticks together. You know, I have kids. I let them live at home because they're always working. They're always at school. They're at their friends. Until they find roommates where they could all... Afford something because housing is so unaffordable. I don't mind if they live at home, but I never see them. If God forbid anything happened to me when I go home later today, no one's home. I mean, the dog and cats are there, but no one's home. So loneliness is an issue. And you know, if I I'm a huge fan of having pets. I love rescues, and I love being there for these animals and giving them love. Because they deserve to have good lives, only do it if you have the resources and the time. If you're never home, that's not good. You don't want. To, I mean, I don't know cats are fine by themselves, but that's why we have a couple cats so they get to, you know, play with each other. But if you have a dog, don't leave them alone. Make sure they have a friend or make sure you're there with them. But I think it really helps our health having an animal. Or we need to feel loved. We need to feel needed. But things are different these days. You know, people say, I don't understand. You know, with all of technology and all of the clubs and schools and all that, why are people more lonely now than they were in the 50s or 60s or 40s or 20s? Well, you did a lot with church. You had, you know, poker night. You had, you know, potluck dinner. You know, you would do things... Sometimes with friends or throughout the week, to be, you wouldn't be alone. You'd go shopping with somebody. You'd drop off the kids or do things you know, with the kids with other people, mommy and me groups. In caveman days, the moms would you know put all their kids in a circle, let them run around, do whatever. All the moms would hang out. It was easier in numbers. Things were easier to do in numbers. Same thing with the dads hunting. Although me as a mom, I would have wanted to hunt. I would have said, "A lady, sorry, I'm bored with what you're talking about. Let me get out there and you know do some hunting." And I think a lot of ladies did help hunt, but we did things in groups. And when my husband and I got married, you know, I noticed that he was starting to like you know blow off his friends. I go, "Don't blow off your friends. Go out with them. Do poker night. Do whatever." And he's like, "But I don't want to do that to you." I go, "No, listen. It's totally fine. You have to have a life other than me." Now yeah, me, I was working, you know, thirty six hour shifts and all that, but I didn't want him home alone when I was working. I'm surrounded by patients, I'm busy. Go be with, you know, your friends. And hopefully when I have a night off, we get to be at home together. But I, I think COVID you know, thrust a bunch of us into, you know, well, it's okay to be lonely, it's fact it's safer to be lonely, social distance. They told us not to go to funerals. Not to spend Christmas together. Skip it this year. No way. Never skip Christmas. Never skip the holidays. You kidding me? But you do need to be around others. Even if it's volunteering. It doesn't mean you have to every single day be around people. But the more you're away from people, the harder it is to be around people. And mind you, I get it. There are some real jerks. You know, I couldn't believe how many fights almost happened. There was the um, Midget Mania wrestling tour where there were, they call them little people, um, you know, singing and, and very talented. But the crowd, the audience, oh, my gosh, there were almost multiple fights because people were idiots to each other. People don't know how to be in crowds. They don't know how to be around others, stealing other people's seats. You know, just being rude to each other. So I get it. If you want to avoid people, I get it. There's a lot of people I don't want to be around. But if there is a church or a hobby group or a class you want to take or a volunteer, do it. It does make you feel good. It makes you feel needed. You have to be around other people. I notice if I'm not around other people, I feel different. You just have to have that connection. We are, we are, we are uh, animals, and animals need to be around others. You might think your cat doesn't want anything to do with you, and then you, you know, rub them a little bit and you notice that they like it. Sometimes the animals don't even realize that they like it. I thought my cats want to be alone. They don't. They want to be around other cats. They want to be around me. Don't assume somebody wants to be alone. If you have a family member, call them. They might say, oh, no, no, I just want to be alone. But they might not really mean that. At least call them and say, look, if you ever change your mind, I'm here for you. If you ever feel like coffee, you want to go to bingo with me. And, and another way, if you do have a family member that's alone, sometimes you make them feel needed. Say, look, you know, I have to go to the doctor. I don't want to go alone. Will you come with me? Oh, hell yeah. Of course I'll be there for you. So they're doing it to help you and you're doing it to help them. So I think it's it's I you know if you if you lose ideas and you you need ideas on on how to make something work and how to get a person out of their lonely state definitely reach out. I'll help you. 1877 doc dolly don't go away.
1: USA News Update. Former President Trump has a message for Republicans in the House and Senate debating a border bill, which is attached to other national security spending.
3: As the text of the new border bill being released, former President Trump urging Republican lawmakers to vote against it. Trump sitting down for an interview with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures on Fox News, saying it's no good for the Republicans. And frankly, any Republican that signs it should be ashamed of him or herself. I'm Laura Winters.
1: Get ready for new limits on password sharing on Hulu. The Disney-owned streaming platform is changing its terms of service now to ban account sharing with people outside the house. For existing customers, there will be a grace period until March 14th. Netflix cracked down on password sharing last year, soon after seeing 14 million new subscribers. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
0: Force. You, the marasino cherry. Okay, twenty-five thousand cheering extras. now you want to try that on television? Well, you see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level.
3: Thank you all for tuning in, One eight seven seven 877 doc docdali So one of my listeners last month wrote me, and I haven't really talked about this yet, because I didn't really know what to say about it, but um, it's an interesting uh, uh, concept, where he and his wife looked at what they spent on house, mortgage, and they're thinking about just ditching everything and either getting an RV or getting a boat, and there's this trend that you're starting to see. Not a lot of people are doing it, but some people with some guts are doing it, where they're ditching their home, ditching their um, solid, uh, life, stable lifestyle to be homeless and m- mobile. And it's, it's an interesting concept. There's a couple people have been successful doing it. Um, we talk about that... Um, Oh, what are they called? It's called Zatara, Sailing Zatara. It's a family from Texas. I think they have a home in Montana. But they decided they had, I, I think, a very successful business in Texas. I'm not exactly sure all of the details, but they decide to close it down, sell their home, get a catamaran, and sail the world. And they've been doing it for a few years with the kids and everything. Kids are doing online school. They see other kids on other boats. They have best friends from childhood that sometimes join them on the boats. And they seem pretty happy, adjusted. One of them went off to college and left the boat. Um, uh, not my life, not not a life I could do, because oh, I'm in radio and I kind of want to be on land. But, fan, you know, interesting idea. I've, al- I've also met a lot of middle-aged couples and baby boomers who chucked everything and live in their mobile home. And they're saving a lot of money. So things to think about with that is, you know, the the first thing I would have, the first thing I would have to think about is where is your income coming from? So if you're in a mobile home, if you're living in the mobile home and it's in a stable place, but if you're taking an RV and you're, you know, seeing the country, which I I commend you for doing, I think we should do a lot more traveling. Uh, where's your income coming from? Where are your social security checks going? You know, are you able to draw from your bank? Because you still do need money. You know, when I see the money that that family on the boat spends on fuel, on, you know, food and provisions, you know, they have to be getting money from somewhere. Now, I think they're making money on the show. I think, you know, their YouTube videos and things like that, And they're a great family. I, I really, you know, admire what they're doing. But, you know, the reason why I have a home is because it allows me to have that stability where I could work I need to work I live in southern Nevada Las Vegas so I work here now I can work remotely but I have to still be in a state that I'm licensed in like I am Nevada you know and so for for me I, I just need I need to have a mailbox I need to have internet but I still need income But if you, you know, figured out a way where you're retiring and you're able to get your Social Security money deposited into your checks and access that, you could save a lot of money not having a mortgage. Now, look at the flooding that's happening in California right now. I don't know how safe some of the mobile parks are or the RV parks. I also worry a little bit, um, look at what happened during COVID, how... You know, people couldn't get in and out of Australia or couldn't get in and out of New Zealand. Some of the national parks closed, state parks. When COVID happened, they closed Red Rock National Park, which is a park in my neck of the woods. I thought I would take the family and let's go do some hiking, get some fresh air. They closed it. Now, I think they did that so they didn't have to have staff. But if you have an RV and you need a place to park... And you need plumbing, and you need electricity, in case your generator isn't going to be, you know, lasting you through the season, that could be a problem. So, it's it's interesting, you know. I uh, do your research before you do it, you know. Me, I noticed that in my house, I only live in probably a quarter of it. I mean, I use the laundry room, but if the laundry room was in the living room area, I could probably be just fine with that. I have my workout equipment in the bedroom. Or I used to have in the living room, but my husband made me move it because it was blocking the TV. But I've lived in apartments most of my life. I'm completely happy with very little space. I could do fine with little space. I don't know if I could be on a boat because I think I would get seasick a lot. You know, I can use medicines to help me with seasickness, but you can't use them long-term like the scopolamine patches. You can't be on them chronically. So you'd have to kind of get used to it, obviously. But um, I'm okay with the little space. As long as you're able to go outside and do things outside. Uh, You know, would my husband get on my nerves? Would I get on my husband's nerve? Absolutely. But usually with these motorhomes and all that, you have a bedroom, you have some space. You could wall off a partition. So you could, you know, get some time away from each other if you need to. But these are things you need to plan out. You know, it's it's frustrating to see what houses are. Now, now another thing also that I would think about, too, is is your house going up. I can't tell you how many times we gave up a piece of property because we needed the money right away. That's actually the story of my family's life. My grandmother owned land that now the Mayo Clinic parking lot sits on. But she couldn't afford the property taxes when the zones changed. And she had to support her husband, who was um, uh, you know, needing nursing home care and had congestive heart failure. So she just couldn't hold on to it. Same thing with us. We had a cabin, but we needed to buy a home. So we sold the cabin. If we could have kept the cabin, that cabin would be worth something. So another thing you also need to think about is if you do have a piece of property well that you know is there any way you could keep that property or somehow manage it remotely? Because if you do ever want that property back, at least you have it. If you're trying if you're hoping that you could you know find a piece of property or a house three to five years later, I think a lot of people are finding what's well, ridiculous. we can't buy anything now. I also think about if you have grandkids. Yeah, you know, the grandkids may love hanging out with you on a boat. They might love hanging out with you you know, in an RV, but what if for an extended period of time, you need to take care of the kids? What if something happens to mom or dad? Do you have a place? So I think if, you know, if you have everything kind of planned out and you know where you could go if the poop hits a fan and you always have a place to park or a place to, uh, you know, um, uh, or a slip that you could tie the boat off to and you you have, you know, you're, you're not winging it as you go. A lot of people do wing it as they go, and they go, you know what, we'll just park on the side of the street till the cop tells us to move. Now, you, know, you can make it work, and you can save a lot of money. It's just, what if you need surgery? You know, what if you need rehab, and you need to be in a single place stable? What if you need income? These are things you got to think about. You know, a lot of people are thinking about Uber driving and Lyft driving, especially with the uh, Super Bowl coming. You know, there's a lot of wear and tear that happens with your car. And, you know, and so when it when it comes to like your RV or your boat, do you know how to take care of it? What happens when it poops out? Things, you know, your house right, starts to, you know, the roof starts to leak your air conditioning or heating goes out. Are you prepared for that? So uh, honestly, life is we don't I think we've all learned that we don't have to do the traditional things like white picket fence. You know, people are you know, bucking the idea of staying married long term, uh, getting married, going to college, uh, being at one job for life. I think people are realizing that you could do things differently and they're seeing other families do it differently. You know, but that works when your health and conditions are ideal. You know, seeing this family that's sailing around the world when the kid broke her arm, or the mom needed surgery, or had breast cancer, you know, they had to they had to find care in other countries. You know, so these are you just need to think about. Well, what if things go sour? What, you know, can you still do what you need to do? One eight seven 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 seven. Dr. Dolly.
6: Go to GCNfood.com, GCNfood.com.
5: Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833 848 Two five nine zero. That's eight three three vital ninety. Hi, this
6: is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about ninety for life for years. Sixty minerals, sixteen vitamins, twelve amino acids, two fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur Dex for animals. That's right. Your pets need ninety for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422.
5: Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you?
3: 1877 Doc Dolly 1877 D O C D A L I J Lynn asks, What is Woke Kindergarten? Have you guys heard about this? I looked up the website. I didn't know it existed. But Woke Kindergarten is apparently a program that some schools have. And they offer certain workshops for teachers and school districts to address oppression at a young age, quote-unquote. Let me look at their website here. It says, all the power to the little people. Woke Kindergarten, according to wokekindergarten.org, is a global abolitionist early childhood ecosystem and visionary creative portal. They support children, families, educators, and organizations to their commitment to a Abolitionist, early education, and pro-black and queer and trans liberation, and so they have workshops, poems, teach Palestine, uh, woke word of the day, woke read alouds, and it's um it's very interesting. Um, I'm uh, kind of confused. Teachers in San Francisco Bay Area are voicing concerns about allocating federal funds to this program because students' test scores in English and math are declining. This is according to a San Francisco Chronicle report. According to San Francisco Chronicle, Glassbook Elementary in Haywood, California, spent $250,000 in federal funds provided by a program meant to boost test scores for some of the country's lowest-performing schools. But two years after, quote-unquote, woke at kindergarten student scores were worse. Last year, less than 4% of Glassbrook students were proficient in math. Less than 12% were at grade level in English, both down 4% the previous year. Last week, Tiger Craven Neely, a third-grade Glassbrook elementary teacher, spoke out at a Board of Education meeting saying, I just want to express my disappointment that Hayward has spent two hundred grand to bring abolitionist training to our school. Not that some of the content isn't worthy. It is, she says, but just $200,000? I just can't help to think where that money could have been spent. A great percentage of our students at school are reading at below grade level. I just can't help with thinking how much reading intervention tutor staff could have been paid using that money. Now, Hayward Unified School District Superintendent Jason Ryman told the San Francisco Chronicle that the program aimed to boost attendance... Which it has done, reducing chronic absenteeism from sixty-one percent or forty-four percent within the year. Now, News Nation, which is reporting this, reached out to Woke Kindergarten, received an email stating the founder is on vacation and will return in a few weeks. News Nation then reached out to Ryman and the school board president, awaiting their responses. And attempts to reach the teacher was also unsuccessful. So you know, I'm here. The thing, all right, I I I think we all can agree that things that happened in our country in the past should not be taught in a prism or in a in a filtered lens bad things happened to americans we had racism discrimination you know and and our forefathers and foremothers overcame and you know we have progressed to you know where we should all follow the constitution by everyone is equal and all of us should be treated equal. Equal pay, equal access to education. But unfortunately, some of this sort of teaching has taken a different, a different turn. And it has caused there to be a lot of confusion among kids and parents on how racist they are, on how racist they'll continue to be, and parents are like, my, my kids are supposed to be learning math and reading. Why do they have to bring home a homework assignment talking about how racist they are? And so when schools are taking on school societal narratives and societal platforms and um, uh, movements, it, it starts to, you know, this is why we have parents pulling their kids out of school. You know, like, you know, for example, free Palestine. Is free Palestine freeing them from Hamas or freeing them from Israel? Because I'm under the impression Israel said, look, you guys do what you need to do. If you don't want us to manage things fine, pick your own rulers. And unfortunately, Palestine is run by Hamas, and Hamas is using Palestinians as human shields. You know. Or using Palestinians to hide hostages. That's I don't understand why that needs to be taught in you know in kindergarten. You know these are um you know the, we have a major issue in our classrooms right now where and and you know a kid you know is going to learn. I understand you know kids can be very um, impressionable. And, you know, we could teach them, the younger they are, we could teach them second languages, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, teaching them politics, you know, I, are, if you're going to be talking about free Palestine, are you also showing these kids the videos of the beheaded Israeli children? That Hamas who's running Palestine is, I, you know, what, are you showing them the full story? Kindergartners and first-graders and second-graders and third-graders probably shouldn't be seeing that. I mean, you can have a conversation saying bad things happened to Israelis when Hamas attacked them October 7th. Then they went back and they shot a missile accidentally into their own hospital. And now there's a war that's involving innocent people. And the hostages are still not being freed because you don't have UN and world support to get those hostages out? I mean, I is is that something you're going to explain to the kindergartners? And so and then on top of that, federal funds are going to this. Really? Our kids are frighteningly behind in a lot of academics. Kids don't even find the need to um, advance their education justifiable anymore. Now maybe it's because they think a lot of these colleges are anti-Semitic or woke or, you know, or, or they think that a college degree is useless these days because you could get a college degree online lickety split and you know, it. everybody has a degree these days. And education, the reason why we have education is because we need to be able to be productive, to work. No wonder Gen Z and Generation Alpha are scared. They have no idea if they're learning a job that's going to be taken over by AI. AI can make music, AI can make you know content, AI can make you know make media. AI can solve medical problems. We're basically you know, making a world where kids don't matter. Unless, of course, it's political. Well, we need you to vote. Are they going to later have AI vote? You know, this is is something that obviously is starting to snowball and accelerate into something that we just can't uh, understand or comprehend. And, you know, are we teaching kids the basics? Do they know how to make a fire? Do they know how to feed themselves? Do they know how to fish? Do they know how to hunt? No. But they're learning how to be woke. Okay, that's not going to help you survive. I mean, you might survive not getting fired, you know, for not agreeing with everybody at work. But you know, our survival is at stake. If we later lose jobs, don't have enough food, this whole anti-human uh, uh, sentiment that we're starting to see—you're going to have to learn how to protect yourself and fend for yourself. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly, don't go away.
2: Yours free at mysolarbackup.com.
1: All right, crew, let's get her dug.
3: Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember?
2: No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance.